Hello there, friends and fellow wisdom seekers. Welcome to the Brave New World Order podcast, straight out the dungeons of podcasting. I am Brandon St. One, and I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. Today is going to be a random current events episode. I have a bunch of clips that I gathered that I curated for you all to listen to, to enjoy. We also have an article from the World Economic Forum that they posted on their website regarding the digital ID, carbon score, all that stuff. The saga continues. I just have a bunch of stuff to get into today. I have insurance claims up in 2021 regarding non-COVID related deaths and other injuries across the board. We have Dr. Peter McCullough testifying in front of the Senate. If you don't know who he is, he is a cardiologist and epidemiologist and one of the most published, if not the most published doctor in his field. He has been on point throughout the whole pandemic and vaccine rollout. So we'll take a listen to what he has to say. We have myocarditis ads being targeted towards children in this bizarre world that we're living in. So we're going to dive into all that stuff. And if you like what I'm doing here, please take a second to subscribe and follow on whatever platform you listen to the Brave New World Order podcast. It helps out the show and it will help you out too. You'll know when new episodes drop. You can also share, send this off to people, your friends, your family, randos on the street, whoever. Just this data needs to get out there, right? There's a lot of information out there and I'm doing my best to try to just gather as much as I can and put it into a few of these episodes here. So thank you so much again for being here. And if you want to help see the podcast grow, I'm doing this ad-free I don't want to mix it up. I don't want to split up the show with ads. I want to just dive right in and get to the info because that's what it's about. It's about the information. It's about the data. It's about the journey. It's about the connections we make. But if you want to help out, you can. There is a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your help and your support and your listens and your sharing this with people. I really, really appreciate it. So let's just dive into what I got today. Got a bunch of stuff, like I said, so let's just get into it. This article was posted on the World Economic Forum's website just a few days ago, actually September 14th, 2022. And I will post the link in the show notes for you all to read through yourselves. Definitely check out everything for yourselves. Think for yourselves. Question everything And this is all about the digital ID carbon score that's going to be unleashed. They want to push this through. They want smart cities. They want to track your movements. They want to know what each and every one of us is doing. And this is the way they'll do it. And right off the bat, there's three bullet points here. And it creates the other just like every other situation that's going on, just like the pandemic, just like what's going on in politics. There's always the other And then they're going to shame people because if you don't want to go along with this, they're going to say you're a monster and you want everybody to die, even though they'll throw stuff out like science, trust the science, and it will all be corrupted scientists who've been paid bagfuls of money with money signs on them. So three bullet points. First one is while transport and buildings are the major drivers for emissions in cities, the share of individual emissions 
is significant. Personal carbon allowance programs have had limited success due to a lack of awareness and fair mechanism for tracking emissions. Yet, there have been major developments in recent years that could help realize my carbon in quotes. I'm doing the quotes. Can't see me, but I'm doing the quotes. My carbon initiatives. So that's what they're calling this, my carbon. Okay? And then it goes on to say, cities across the world account for almost 75% of our total carbon emissions as countries move towards implementing their pledges for a net zero future. Urban areas will remain the action ground for decades to come. While transport and buildings are the major drivers for emissions in cities, the share of individual emissions are significant at around 40%. And before I go any further into this climate change stuff, I just want to say that I'm not some kind of climate denier or anything. I think there is a discussion that needs to be had. But as with everything, the proper discussion isn't being had. It's always one-sided. You always hear one side of the story always blasted in your face. And then somebody comes out and says something different. They get canceled. And then you never hear from them again. You have to go on the internet and find them like somewhere like Rumble because they're banned from YouTube, Twitter, or whatever. So I want to see both sides of the story. And then I want to be able to make up my mind. So when I see something blasted in my face over and over again, I start to question what the agenda really is. So that's, I just want to get that out of the way. I think there's a discussion to be had about our impact and the way we live as far as like our, how much we consume, all the junk that we consume. And I'm not even just talking about food and all the food that we eat. I mean, look at all the stuff that we buy. And then in just a few years, we, we discard it and buy a new one, televisions. Now we buy televisions every couple of years. It's so cheap. You buy a 50 inch for every room in the house. They're like 200 bucks at Best Buy. You can just go buy these TVs that's so light, throw them out the fucking window, buy another one. You buy a new computer every couple of years. You get a phone every couple of years. Just think about all the stuff that we consume. And that stuff takes, you know, resources and whatever the shit they're complaining about being used, right? Factories being run, all this stuff. So maybe we should take a look at all that before we start telling people how long they can keep their lights on for. And if they can drive a car that uses gasoline, like, you know, even cars. How often do people buy cars now? Every couple of years, right? Every few years, people buy like a brand new car. Like that's crazy, right? Whatever happened to like having a car and you just keep it and you, you know, you take care of it and it runs and like you give it to your kid. Like when he grows up, like that used to happen, right? Like back in the day, I don't know. So I'm just thinking, I just think the right discussions and different options aren't really being talked about. It's just like this one way path where like the government has to take care of it and put legislation in place. Like, so I don't know. We got a bunch of fat fucks telling everybody like how to live and what they need to do. I don't get it. Well, you know, while McDonald's and all these fucking major corporations and shit, like what kind of strain on the environment do you think McDonald's does? I mean, about the healthcare system. I mean, so I don't think we're looking at things. I'm not saying we got to go shut down McDonald's. I'm just saying talk about personal responsibility. I eat McDonald's once in a while. I like McDonald's. Fuck, it's hard to not eat. It's fucking five minutes from the house. Sometimes you get hungry. It's a dollar for like cheeseburgers and shit. I know. I understand these things. But maybe we need to, you know, really fucking buckle down, right? I don't know. If the fucking world's going to be on fire, then maybe we really need to like do something about it then individually. I don't know. I'm just saying. 
Some discussions need to be had. They don't have the right discussion. They get like a fucking girl who looks like she's like a teenager, but she's now she's like 20, Greta Thunberg or whatever. She goes on there. She has Asperger. She has a handler. They put her up there, tell her what to say. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, she's so smart. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? I want to hear from like real like people that have different opinions. And I want to see them sit down and discuss things for like a little while, not just like a little clips and little got you fucking panels that they do on these stupid cha- networks, these major news networks. So that's kind of my point. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way before I got into this World Economic Forum bullshit. So I don't really know. I don't feel like we get enough data or the right information. It feels like it's only swayed one way. So I just say, how about they just back the fuck up? And give us the right data. Give us, you know, sound arguments from both sides and let us make up our own mind and live our lives the way we want to live. How about that? Sounds like a good idea, right? All right, let's dive back into this article here. It goes on to say, inclusivity of citizens is becoming the most important element of success or failure in the journey towards sustainability. Community-led initiatives can make a significant contribution towards sustainability increase resilience and social cohesion. There have been numerous examples of personal carbon allowance programs in discussions for the last two decades. However, they had limited success due to a lack of social acceptance, political resistance, and a lack of awareness and fair mechanism for tracking my carbon with the quotes emissions. Our world is transforming. Big community trends for sustainable cities. There have been significant developments in last five to seven years on social, environment, and technology fronts that could help realize my carbon initiatives for shaping the future towards smart and sustainable cities. Man, these smart cities really freak me out. I I just gotta say that. It says, specifically to mention three developments in this context. And this number one is all too revealing and they put it in bold and they're letting us know And that's why I like to pay attention to what's really going on and use the words from them, from the horse's mouth. This is what they say. Number one, COVID-19 was the test of social responsibility. Okay? It was the test. It was to see how people would react, who would go along with the herd, and if other people would turn into Agent Smiths on behalf of the machine and start attacking if you didn't want to wear a mask, or if you question the science. So I'm just saying, then it goes on to say a huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. Unimaginable restrictions. See, they are unimaginable and bullshit. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contact tracing applications for public health. Remember the contact tracing that was going on? Shit's crazy. Which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. And if you don't fall in line, you're going to be marked. You're going to be a target. You're going to be an evil person, grandma killer, or whatever. Whatever the agenda is, you're against it. You'll be a monster. Okay, so number two, fourth industrial revolution technology breakthroughs. Advances in emerging technologies like AI, blockchain, and digitization can enable tracking personal carbon emissions, 
raise awareness, and also provide individual advisories on lower carbon and ethical choices for consumption of product and services. Yeah, it starts with having the choice in the individual choice to opt in to being connected to a smart thermometer where you can't in certain times, you know, put your heat up or your AC up to certain levels because you didn't even know you opted into something. That's what happened in Colorado. I don't know if you've seen that story. There was a story in Colorado that came out that people were throttled on turning their AC on or the heat or whatever, which were probably AC because we were in the summer at the time. So that's what they're going to do. And it's going to be like, oh, it's ethical choices. Who gets to decide who, what's ethical and who's ethical or not? Who makes those decisions? These people, these unelected bureaucrats, oligarchs from all across the world. This is a problem with all this. And then it says the World Economic Forum's Scale 360 initiative demonstrates the use of fourth industrial revolution technologies across the whole life cycle of products and services. And it has a chart that you guys, if you click on the link to this article, you can check out for yourselves. It's all about the products and how they're going to put them in. It's just a little circle graph. I don't really want to go through it. I really just want to talk about what this article says. I mean, they're just revealing it all out. All the, the questions and all the like the fears that people had about digital IDs and, and carbon scores, it's all being laid out. I mean, it has been laid out, but it, they're just continuing and it, it's escalating. I think we know how the summer went when all oh, the heat, it was hot and people were freaking out like, like summer was any different. So it continues to say there have been major advances in smart home technologies, transport choices with carbon implications, the rollout of smart meters in providing individual choices to reduce their energy-related emissions. See, that's what I was just talking about, the smart meters. The development of new personalized apps to account for personal emissions. Yeah, to account, they're going to put that in your hands saying it's for you and you can go on. You can look and go, oh my God, look at my little carbon score. It's so cool. What's your carbon score? And all these losers are going to be like going along with it. But what, you don't think they're going to be looking at that too? And they're going to be looking at the highest consumers and they're going to be maybe, you know, implement certain policies that target higher consumers and shut you off, shut your car off, shut your electricity off. Who knows what will happen in the future when you give this type of control over? Very dangerous, I think. And then they're talking about AI. AI can also help strengthen the circular economy business models like product as a service models, demand predictions, and smart asset management by combining real-time and historical data from products and users. Collecting data real time. See? They're going to know everything you do, everywhere you go. Everything you use, all the products, all the food, where it comes from, how much carbon you are using. Your little score. Oh, you like this type of food. Well, that comes from over here and that takes trucks. Oh, sorry, use too many points. You can't eat fucking broccoli this week. I don't know, you know? Whatever. They're going to make us eat crickets anyway, right? That's the new, That's the new thing they're talking about. Okay, let's keep going. There is a significant number of programs and applications enabling citizens to contribute towards carbon emissions by providing them in-depth awareness on the choices of personal carbon for food, transport, home, energy, and lifestyle choices. That's exactly what I just said. It's going to be connected to every single thing that you do. Lifestyle choices, 
food, transportation, home energy, all that. They're going to know every little thing you do, everything you eat. I mean, this is nuts. This is just ridiculous. Kiss my ass. All right, so I know I go off on little tangents. So here we go. These energy efficiency apps give suggestions and statistics regarding greenhouse emissions and offer ways to reduce your personal footprint, keeping track of energy consumption in the home and motivating people to make lifestyle changes and to contribute your share towards the betterment of the environment. Yeah, sure. We, but we don't need your apps. We don't need your data tracking. We don't need your real-time bullshit to change our lives and do better for ourselves, to be better people, to be healthy, and to be able to fight these demons, right? So I'm not saying fight them physically. I mean, this is a spiritual war, too. We have to keep our bodies and our minds sound. And I think it's best for our, us to just make choices for ourselves. We don't need to plug it into an app. We don't need you tracking us on phones you know, no, go, how many times we go to the store or whatever. Leave us alone. Number three goes on to say, raised awareness and ownership for nature and environment. In the last few years, there is an increased awareness and public concern on climate change, and especially among youth. Yep, target the youth. Age old playbook. Target the youth, brainwash their little minds, and then you can get them to do anything you want. As long as it's fear involved, definitely. Then it says the UNDPs, I don't know what that is, I'll look that up later. People's climate vote, in quotes, reflects that over 64% of people believe climate change is a global emergency. A new Pew Research Center survey in 17 advanced economies found widespread concern about the personal impact of global climate change. 80% of citizens say they are willing to change how they live and work to combat the effects of climate change. Young adults who have been at the forefront of some of the most prominent climate change protests in recent years are more concerned than their older counterparts about the personal impact of a warming planet in many public surveys. So yeah, they're going to target the children, the social justice warriors, and have them hit the streets, which like they have been doing. There was one I think just in Boston the other day, right in my state. So they, they're getting them all riled up, of course. What else could you expect? You have to go after the youth to scare them into making the future look bleak and scary. We have to do something now. I get it. It's so obvious. So obvious. You can see through all this. Okay, so then it goes on to say, what next? Sustainable cities enabled through smart communities. Everything just connected. Everybody connected. They know everything you do. And the three trends provide strong evidence towards enabling a social movement for my carbon initiatives by enabling public-private partnerships to help curate this program. It is suggested to drive a three-way approach to shape this movement. All right. So first of the three-way approach is economic behavior. Increased costs. For carbon-intensive activities and goods. There it is. That's the tax that they're going to hit you with when you want to do something they don't like. That's too much carbon. And then under that same economic behavior is economic incentives to reduce demand and improve efficiency. So they'll give incentives out, which will be, you know, you'll get brownie points for not using carbon or whatever. But also, you'll probably get points for turning in your neighbors for doing things against the rules for not plugging in 
that broccoli into the app. Oh, you, you didn't plug that in. You're dodging the system or something. You know, they're going to, you know, the Agent Smiths, like I said, that fight to protect the machine, to protect the system. Okay, the next one of the three-way approach is cognitive awareness. Raised visibility of personal carbon footprints. Raised awareness of personal carbon limits to sustain the transition to a net zero carbon society. All right, and then social norms. Here we go with the social norms. They have to make the new normal. It's the new normal now. You eat crickets. Sorry, but everybody's doing it. It's normal. Okay, new definition of a fair share of personal emissions. And then setting of acceptable levels of personal emissions. So who sets these? Who defines these? Who gets to say who's the arbiter of all of this? Who's the arbiter of the my carbon truth? Who gets to say, you know, what's the fair share? Who gets to say? Because to me, these guys flying around on private jets going all over the place to tell us what the fuck to do doesn't seem very fair. Okay, I've never flown on a private jet. I've flown like maybe four times in my whole life. I don't know. Not that many times on a plane. Okay, so you want to talk to me about personal emissions? Why don't you take a look at these places these people live? I mean, they just had the funeral for the queen. Look at that. those fucking places. How much electricity do those places take up? Just saying. My footprint isn't even fucking, my whole lifetime isn't probably one day's worth of like a, a Frito-Lay plant making potato chips. Okay? And then at the bottom of this in like really small print, it says, The three trends provide strong evidence towards enabling a social movement. See, that's what this is all about. They've got to get these people riled up, get a social movement going, turn people against each other, because if you're not on board, then you're against them and you're a monster, like I said earlier. So it says, the three trends provide strong evidence towards enabling a social movement for my carbon initiatives for sustainable cities. What about people who just want to live out in the fucking woods and do whatever they want and homestead and, and shit? They're going to have to pay the price too. They're not going to be able to do that, right? No. They're going to come in and tell you how to live. They'll still say you're using too much carbon, growing your own food and shit. I don't know what is going on. So, it, there's more to this, not much more, so we'll keep going. Such economic action will need policy enablement from city leadership through extensive discussion between stakeholders to arrive at a fair and inclusive approach. And this is where things get like tricky too, like with the wording and stuff, because a lot of people don't understand the stakeholders is them. They consider themselves stakeholders. Shareholders hold stocks, but stakeholders have like, they're the ones involved with like the World Economic Forum and stuff, and they consider themselves like stakeholders. I don't know, man. It's this whole new thing. If you read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, which I don't really, I mean, I recommend it for research purposes, but... I haven't actually gotten through the whole book. It sucks. It pisses me off. But anyway, they have this new thing about stakeholders working with like governments making decisions about our lives. Stakeholders, meaning unelected bullshit artists. So the levers of cognitive enablement and social norms will be much more impactful through citizen engagement programs and learnings from the above-mentioned trends need to be captured to design these programs. Innovative AI and machine learning capabilities 
would help capture embedded emissions in goods and services and could help in providing individuals with tailored and timely advice. Yeah, advice. Not like strict fucking rules and edict and executive orders. It won't be advice. It's never advice. Kidding me? Like I said, they didn't even tell you to go outside during the pandemic, get sun, and be healthy. They tell you to stay inside, watch Netflix, eat fucking as much candy and junk food as you can. Everybody gained 30 pounds, and we all laughed about it. Well, I didn't laugh about it. They all laughed about it, and they still told you to wear your mask while they were shoving ice cream in their face. All right? So, this is such bullshit. This stuff really just, you know? And there's one little final little blurb here. Finally... It is significant that all stakeholders across the value chain come together and contribute towards achieving a net zero future by leaving no one behind. Yep, leaving no one behind. That's exact. That's that's probably what they're telling. See, that's probably them letting it out of the bag right there. The way to leave to achieve a net zero future is by leaving no one behind. What does that mean? No one left. No one left behind on Earth. Just get rid of everybody, then we'll have no carbon footprint. I don't know. But yeah, that's it. That is from the www.weforum.org. That will definitely be in the notes for the show. And that's pretty, I think it's all too revealing. It's not even that big of a uh, article or anything, but it, there's a lot of info in there. And I know, like, they're, this, they are definitely coming and they're going to use the youth. Like, they got that David Hogg dude out there for every little fucking thing. They got Greta Thunberg. They got all these young, you know, young children of FBI and CIA uh, agents and all that shit. So, that's that story. I definitely recommend taking a read-through for yourself, too, and let me know what you think. And if I missed anything, I'd just love to hear from you and your opinions about all of this stuff. So, let's move on to the Queen of England she passed away, as you all know. It was on the news. It was everywhere for every two seconds. It was the current thing for everybody to be obsessed about. And uh, I'm glad there's people out there picking up on some like quick little clips and different stuff happening because I got this clip here for you all to listen to. I don't know if you heard this, but it's pretty eerie. It was on ITV, which is like the number two uh, media over there, uh, second to the BBC, I believe. I, I don't really know. I, I think most people know the BBC, but I never heard of ITV. But I think they're like the number two media over there. And they were showing, they were doing coverage of the funeral procession. And uh, real quick, this lady chimed in. Take a listen to this. The death is irreversible and the fact that she's trapped. As you can see. Yeah, that lady just out of nowhere on the ITV while covering the procession, just said, death is irreversible. She is trapped. And it sounds like she says now at the end real quick too, while the guy chimes in over her. So that's really, really weird. And it just makes me think about these elites and these powerful people. Are they trying to, or do they, you know, maybe have certain entities that jump from generation to generation, but it, maybe it doesn't work all the time. And maybe it didn't work this time and that wasn't supposed to be caught on audio or something. And they were just saying that she's trapped, that, you know, the transfer didn't happen or something. I have no idea. I'm just completely off the rails speculating. But what the hell, right? So take a listen to it again. And this is the full clip. It It's real fast. You heard what she said. And then 
there's a bunch of silence and then the guy comes back on again kind of like what kind of flabbergasted a little but doesn't make any mention of it but you can tell it's a really awkward situation so one more time here it is since it was so quick the death is irreversible and the fact that she's as you can see As you can see here in London, it is a lovely day. And as the hearse heads out into West London, Emily Morgan. That was the full clip. It's not very long either. A bunch of silence after she says that. And then the guy comes back on all awkward and shit. And uh, that's very, very bizarre. Definitely reach out to me about your thoughts on that one. I find that bizarre as hell. And creepy. But we kind of have speculation about what these people do, about these, um, you know, some people say reptilian, some people say just fucking bloodthirsty maniacs, they like blood, certain type of blood, certain things. So there's types of, all types of speculation about the royal families that go way, way back and all the dark stuff they're into. Maybe they believe or maybe they do. Maybe they're able to do some kind of spirit transfer into something and they the same person passes in the same maybe deity same entity or something passes into uh something you know into the, in a vessel but maybe it didn't work maybe she's trapped in between because the ceremony went wrong i don't know and also i don't know if you all saw some of the funeral itself i didn't really i saw some of it but i'm not gonna sit there and watch that but if you did notice where she's buried, it's a place called St. George's Chapel, and it's in Windsor Castle, and a bunch of other royal people and everything. I think Henry VIII is buried there, Charles I, all types of history there. But if you notice the floor, black and white checkerboard, and Sky News from, I think that's Australia, or maybe just UK, like England. I don't know. I, I know they have Sky News Australia, but maybe they have one there too, but they... They did an aerial view from a camera inside, and the floor is the white checkerboard layout, and it's a cross, but it was an upside-down cross from that viewpoint. I'll try to find that picture and post it. Yeah, check that out. There's all symbolism out there. They're telling us what's going on, but I have never heard this death is irreversible. She is trapped now bullshit. That's new. That's pretty good. That's awesome. I'm glad somebody found that one. Let me know what you think about that. If you listen to my last episode about 9-11, you know that these people are all about symbolism. They use Freemasonry. They use the Kabbalah. They use the tarot. And it's rituals. It's very ritualistic and symbolic. And that's why I tuned in a little bit because I wanted to see what was going on, like symbolically, like what they're wearing, what the place looks like inside. I noticed the checkerboard right away. But I didn't see the view. I saw a picture of the aerial view that's across. So pretty cool. I'll try to post that in the notes for you to look at. Symbolism everywhere. You ever look at the Vatican? You ever seen the Vatican where the Pope speaks in that hall that looks like a snake? And then behind him is like a demon Jesus. Like what's their excuse for that? That's like some twisted shit. Very, very twisted. So they put symbols all out there. They communicate with each other with symbolism and all this stuff and numbers why you see these people who are on top of like gematria they can die you know decode news stories and stuff because sometimes these people communicate that way they use that to communicate with each other and they think like they think that we don't know 
but there are people who are very skilled in decoding numbers and all like these events with symbolism and it's it's amazing so i have a few more things to go through what do i got oh yeah jabs let's talk about jabs huh forced jabs let's talk about the pandemic being over right joe biden declared it over i have a clip of that but i don't want to listen to that again it's been everywhere but i have this this clip from KUSI News, Good Morning San Diego, and this is Dr. Kelly Victory explaining the unexplained massive increases in certain medical conditions in 2021. There was an unexpected 40% increase in all-cause deaths in 2021. Listen to what she has to say. It's about eight minutes long or so, but there's a lot of information in there, and she explains exactly because this guy actually does a good job of, of asking her of where she gets this information, and she has it on point, and she lays it out exactly how they came to get this numbers, these numbers. So take a listen to this whole thing, and then I'll be back afterwards to try to talk about it a little bit. But I'd rather have you, have you guys and girls listen to this stuff for yourselves and, and really take in the information. It's better to hear it from the source than to hear it from me try to explain what I heard and try to break it down with my opinions thrown in there. Just listen to this for yourselves, and I'll be back at the end. Enjoy. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. Along with that, there's also been an increase in certain medical diagnoses, such as miscarriages and Bell's palsy. Here to give us her take on the new data and what she believes could be causing the rise in numbers is emergency medicine and disaster specialist, Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Victory, good morning. Great to talk to you as always. Good morning, Jason. Thanks for having me. Okay, we want to make sure that anytime we talk, we want to make sure the information that we have is accurate. So let's start this interview by telling us, I've, I've seen your correspondence here, what is the source of the information that you're about to present? Well, this information became uh, available to me or on my radar last week following a hearing with Senator Ron Johnson, uh, who was looking at sort of what he calls a second opinion on the entire response to the COVID pandemic. The medical data was released by three career military physicians who got the information from the military database that collects what we call ICD codes, which are the diagnosis codes. And these physicians had a feeling, they believed based on their own observation that they were seeing a significant uptick in certain conditions. So they actually went back and called the database from the military on certain conditions over a five year period from 2016 through 2020, uh, notably continuing or uh, containing one year, 2020, of the full-blown pandemic. So they looked at 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20 at the prevalence of certain conditions, including things like heart attack, blood clots to the lung, miscarriages, those sorts of things. And they compared it to the incidence of those same things in the calendar year 2021 and saw an alarming increase in certain things. For example, they saw a 270% increase in myocardial infarction in 2021, a 300% increase in incidence of Bell's palsy 
and of certain neurologic complaints, uh, a 470% increase in pulmonary embolisms, blood clots to the lungs, and many, many other huge increases that they found alarming. Now, no one is saying with any certainty, Jason, what is causing this, but we certainly would be remiss as scientists if we didn't look at that and say, there is something going on. What happened in 2021 that was so different from the previous five-year average that would cause this massive increase in certain medical conditions? So the, 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 the source of the information is several U.S. life insurance companies that have been reporting this, correct? And these three career physicians that you referred to. Well, there's, yes, they are separate groups of data. Jason, the previous study from the U.S. life insurance companies, many of them were reporting a 40 percent increase in deaths from all causes in the 18 to 49 year old group. They know that because these are life insurance companies that provide group life insurance policies to employers. So these are working age individuals with a 40% increase in all cause deaths. That was a different report from this bombshell that came out last week from, as I said, three career military physicians who are calling a military database uh, so they are two groups of data that show, uh, again, an alarm that something is going on. And the question is what? What has changed in calendar year 2021 that is causing, number one, an increase in all-cause deaths, as reported by the life insurance companies, and an increase in certain medical conditions, such as heart attacks, blood clots to the lungs, um, uh, congenital malformations of children born that year, female infertility, uh, and those sorts of things. Uh, did these three career military physicians offer any type of speculation? They did not, and they but they did not do this anonymously. Uh, they signed an affidavit on this. Um, I have not seen the raw data. I'm not a military physician. I don't have access to that database, but I don't have any reason to believe at this juncture uh, that the data is in question. These are again based on ICD codes, and it should I should make it clear because it's very easy to make statistics of these sorts um, deceptive. Uh, so when I say that there's a 300% increase, for example, in cancers is what they found. This wasn't an increase from one case to four cases. In the case of cancer, for example, it was an increase from an average, a five-year average of 38,000 cases per year to almost 120,000 cases in calendar year 2021. And actually, it wasn't even a full year. It was more like 11 months worth of data. Uh, and it was almost up to 120,000 cases of cancer. So the question is, what would cause that? Obviously, there's some conjecture uh, amongst it, people that it could be the COVID vaccines. That has yet to be proven. But again, we would be remiss if we said that we couldn't consider that. Maybe it's climate change. I don't know. But I sure as heck do know that we better be paying attention to it. Because real science, Jason, real science requires us to be intellectually curious. It requires us to ask the uncomfortable question and to look at data 
even if that data makes us question previously held convictions. And so if we aren't able to look at this data, if we are silenced and shut down, and I can tell you, I posted a tweet about it yesterday after the data became clear to me that there was something going on. I simply posted as, wow, what's going on here? And the amount of vitriol that that single tweet generated was really quite stunning. The number of people who tweeted back that I should lose my medical license, that I should be kicked off Twitter, that I should be reported to the authorities is really alarming. The idea that people are so fearful of looking at actual data and asking the question, what is going on, is really a, a dangerous place for us. Um, do, you ex uh, do you expect this uh, to information to be presented to the C CDC? I certainly hope so. The CDC and the FDA should be all over this. That's their job. But instead, the idea that they are trying to silence people, the three military physicians who made it who released it have been termed whistleblowers in the past we just would have called them good doctors looking at patterns that's what doctors do that's what scientists are supposed to do look at patterns look at what seems unusual question those things bring them to the surface and do the deep dive analysis we have many many uh, questions in in medicine that don't have answers we sure as heck shouldn't have answers that can't be questioned. And if the problem turns out to be these vaccines, and they certainly should be looking at it, that it is certainly one thing of perhaps many that changed in 2021 that could be responsible for some portion, if not all, of these increases in various medical conditions. And it deserves to be fully exposed and to be examined very, very carefully. Okay. Dr. Kelly, victory. Appreciate it. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a, very much for having me, Jason. Have a great weekend. So I'm sure a lot of you have been seeing a lot of stuff is coming out about certain unexpected deaths, certain heart problems, myocarditis, and all types of issues that are now we're getting numbers. Now we're seeing the numbers from the insurance companies. That's how we stay on top of this, I think, is checking out the insurance companies because they're the ones who are going to have to pay out and there's going to be records of these deaths and how they died. And when we see all these non-COVID-related deaths, we start thinking, what's going on here? What's different? What got added? What got added with a mass propaganda campaign and coercion? Hmm. And what are they giving to kids? And what did they just recently approve another booster for? So I'm wondering what's really going on here, huh? There's also an ad that they are gearing towards children about myocarditis too. And I have that if you want to listen to that. Because they're starting to, it's coming out. All this stuff's coming out, but people aren't really paying attention because they're so obsessed with Trump. And they're so obsessed with Ukraine. And they're so obsessed with the Queen. And whatever else they're told to be obsessed about. So... A lot of people are just so in the dark about this stuff. And it's out there, though, if you're paying attention. I think that's crazy, the insurance claim, this lady, what she's saying. I mean, they looked at numbers from before the pandemic, right in the heat of it, when definitely that should have been a bad, like a big time where, you know, claims were up. 
and it seems like the claims came in 2021 after a certain medical procedure. So take, you know, definitely question all this stuff for yourselves. Listen to what she says and try to find the data. I'll try, I'm going to post some stuff in the notes too. I got some articles from the Wall Street Journal too that talk about unexpected deaths being up. So we, we got to stay on top of this stuff. And they're crazy. They're monsters. If they want to give this stuff to kids and nobody's talking about this, this isn't on the news. This isn't like, this should be big time news and they should stop. They should stop this right away. But, you know, we have to just keep, keep talking. That's all we can do. Keep spreading the word, gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, spreading the wisdom, spreading the knowledge. Speaking of, you can help spread the knowledge and the wisdom by sharing this podcast help the show grow, help the information get out there. That's what it's really about. It's not about me. It's about the information. We we are we are we are starving for the correct information. I'm not saying I have the correct information, but more information is better than less. And it's all come and when it comes from one side that seems to be persuaded by money and power, then, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm giving out all the truth or whatever. I'm looking for it. I'm looking through all the different sets of data. That's really what it's about. I don't want to look at one set of data, one guy, one Lord Fauci up there telling everybody one rule, one one word to live by. You know, I'm not I'm not playing that game. So take a listen to all this stuff for yourselves. Think critically, analyze the data for yourselves. Try to get as much information. That's what it's really about. That's what the main point of this show is about. I'm not here trying to say I know anything. I feel like there's so much to know, so much I don't know. So, so much to learn, right? Let's keep moving on on the same topic since I mentioned uh, myocarditis. It is being, it, there's an ad being targeted for children. Why? I, I don't get it, but something's up and they don't want to talk about it, but I think they're going to have to. I think it's unavoidable. The dam is about to break, I think, as far as What's going on with unexpected deaths? These insurance companies, it's it's coming out. I, I think so. I'm I'm not black pilled. I am white pilled. I I know that love wins in the end. It does. It might get hard, it might get tough for a little while for sure. I mean, it might it, it's it might be a tough one, but we have to stay resilient and we have to we have to stay together and we have to stay calm and not lose our cool. We have to pay attention, you know, pay attention. So let's move on here. I got this ad. Let's listen to it. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They've saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. I think we entered the twilight zone, everybody. I think we're in an alternate dimension of time and space because what is going on here? How the hell can they run an ad like that and not have people asking questions? I never even heard of myocarditis before until like a couple years ago. I didn't even know how to pronounce it when I first read it. So now I'm very familiar with it. And what's up with all these unexpected 
these unexpected deaths. And there's a lot of famous people too who have had enlarged hearts, which she just said in that ad. That's what myocarditis is, right? So take that for what you will. But I think, I don't know about giving this certain procedure to these children. I think these people are animals. These people are sick. And they're still pushing it. Even though Biden just said on 60 Minutes the pandemic is over and they haven't lifted all mandates and all mask requirements. Well, I think most people aren't wearing masks, but I see a lot of people still. So maybe they didn't catch that episode, but Biden declared the, the pandemic over if you missed that. But so they're normalizing myocarditis now. Insurance claims are up due to non-COVID related deaths that include heart problems and a myriad of other health problems. Like, what is going on here, everybody? Definitely spread the word. Let people know. Show people these clips. And I have another jab-related story from uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who uh, has been pretty awesome since the beginning. He's been on point about pretty much everything. And he testified in front of the Senate just the other day. And he had this to say. He's an internist, a cardiologist, and trained in the epidemiology. He has testified in front of the U.S. Senate, as I mentioned, regarding the COVID-19 response. And we're honored to have you here today to present on the four pillars of pandemic response. Doctor, thank you. As we sit here today, my estimates are 95% of Americans who have died of COVID-19. And we're approaching nearly a million of these poor souls. And tens of millions of hospitalizations could have been avoided with a comprehensive early treatment approach. So as we sit here today, if the topic of discussion is childhood vaccination, it is clear based on publications of representative data that the risks far outweigh any potential benefits of vaccinating children. And the data are clear. And in the last few weeks now, reports have come in, one from Connecticut with oversight from the pathology from the University of Michigan and from the University of Minnesota on two teenage boys who died on days three and four after the Pfizer vaccine. And the parents were horrified to find the children dead at home. Autopsies were performed. And the conclusion was crystal clear. The vaccines caused the death with massive heart inflammation and evidence of superimposed catecholamine injury on the heart. Fatal reports have come in from Choi and from Verma, Choi in Korea, Verma from Washington University in St. Louis. It is clear that a vaccine is being pushed, is being encouraged and mandating that in fact results in death of children. Results in death of children. One death is too many. As I've shared with you, in millions of children receiving the, the vaccine, they don't die of COVID-19 respiratory illness, but in fact, they die of the vaccine. It's my viewpoint as a physician and as a public citizen that all vaccine mandates should immediately be dropped and all current vaccines be pulled from the market and undergo a very intensive review on safety and efficacy and figure out where the vaccine program has gone wrong. Those are my comments. Thank you. Powerful testimony by Dr. Peter McCullough, who I believe is like the most published doctor in his field, his profession, like his uh, specialty. And that guy's on point. I think people need to listen to him. How is this not on the news? How are we spending like hours and hours, hundreds and hundreds of hours on the queen when this type of stuff is happening. This is crimes against humanity. I truly believe it. 
Uh, it, it drives me mad. And I knew it from the beginning that I made the right decision, that I was not going to participate in this. And I knew it. I knew it deep in my soul, as I'm sure a lot of you knew when you were being, you know, pressured, when you had certain family members that were looking at you certain ways and questioning your sanity. And you knew and you stayed strong. I congratulate each and every one of you and anybody that, you know, had to succumb to certain certain pressures because I, I, I feel bad and I'm not going to. I'm not gonna get on anybody's ass about that either. That that's shitty because that was um, a pretty psychological affair that happened. So you know we're here for you too, the people that you know got that are have the regret and that got coerced and thought maybe you know that believed that their government might actually care about them and care about their health. So we're here for you too. We're here for everybody here. Anybody who wants to try and figure things out, that's what the Brave New World Order is all about. So thanks for joining me. I think that's it for today. I'm going to, that's all I got because this stuff is just like, it's depressing, right? When you hear about children, when you heard all the, the fear that happened during the pandemic itself and about wearing masks and the one death is too many. That was a, that was a very uh, popular propaganda phrase they used, you know, kill grandma the children, they always use the children. But now what about the children? Nobody seems to give a fuck, right? Well, I mean, people do, but not the people that, you know, the ones that are the ones that, that pull on the heartstrings of the whole country. Now they don't seem to care about children. So you take that for what you will. That's my opinion. I would love to hear yours. Reach out to me, the Brave New World Order podcast at gmail.com at Brave NWO podcast on Twitter. Follow me on there. Reach out, DM. Let's connect. Let's try to figure this out together, everybody. And definitely help out by sharing. Spread the word. Share it with your friends, your family, random people that are wearing masks. Tell them. No, no, just kidding. That's a joke. Tell them to listen to the Brave New World Order podcast and, and have their brain explode. But you know, any you know, just help. You know, spread the word. This information is important. It's obviously being suppressed. So the more people know about this, you know, maybe maybe somebody will decide not to give their child or themselves a certain procedure when they hear all of the data. Or maybe they, you know, let, let people make up their own minds. That's that's what it is. But, you know, these children, I have a nephew who's only eight years old and he's fully, fully vaccinated. And I and I just, you know, it just it makes me sad. It really does. And I can't say anything or do anything about it. So I have to just sit, sit there and, you know, speak my truth to this microphone for you people, for you lovely people. And I thank you for joining me for another episode of current events and current wacky stuff going on. Lots of stuff happening. So stay positive, everybody, for sure. Do, do what you can for yourselves. Whatever makes you feel good. You like listening to music, you like playing music, you like going outside for a walk, anything, you know, just take a few minutes. Even if you don't have a lot of time, take five minutes, just do something that makes you smile because, yeah, it's pretty dark out there sometimes, but we're going to win. Evil doesn't win in the end. That's the thing. Evil doesn't win in the end. So I thank you all for being here. And if you really like the Brave New World Order podcast and you want to help out, you can. You notice it's ad-free. I jump right in. So if you want to help out, you can click the link in the show notes. 
and help support. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that and for being here on my journey. That's what it's about. It's about the journey. And uh, I'll check in. I'll check in soon with you with some more stuff. I got another Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the Atlantean, dropping pretty soon. So I'll be checking in. Lots of stuff going on. No shortage of stuff to talk about. So stay positive. Question everything. Think for yourselves. Much love.